whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. been a day (laughs) or a week yeah for me more a day Mm -hmm. but here we are feeling less confident than ever (laughs) yes and here you are listening to us and we don't know why (laughs) but we hope you enjoy every minute or at least some of the minutes of it (laughs) so how was your day my day was restful mostly but when I take these days of rest it means tomorrow's even more special Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to catch back up so out of 12 years of parenting We experienced our first stitches incident last night when my 10-year-old got flung face first into a parked dirt bike. But several of you already know that since you're friends with me on Facebook. Yep. Seen the gruesome pictures in all their glory. Mm -hmm. If anyone's listening to this who hasn't seen them and wants to hit me up. Yeah, that was a little intense. A little intense, but not not terrible. I think just, like, the fact that you were at a neighborhood picnic with, like... Your husband? My husband. I wasn't there. <laughs> my and husband wasn't there. How many kids were there? Do you even know? Okay, so... you had To your- put this into context. Let's put this into context. We're next-door neighbors, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there was a neighborhood picnic Mm -hmm. that is put on by our lovely LDS neighbors. Mm -hmm. What, maybe twice a year? I think so. Spring and the fall? So, you were going to... Our church's book study. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going because Chip was working last night. But we found out about the picnic... Decided to go to get dinner. So I had my eight kids. I had Juniper, one of Melissa's kids. Melissa was also at the book study. Her mm-hmm. mom was watching a lot of her little kids. One of her kids had a little league game. And so you had your eight kids, one of the Johnson kids. Then plus... I had two kids from a friend from church. Mm-hmm. Then you had, Tim had your five kids. Right. And we decided to walk there, which isn't uncommon. It's about five blocks away. Yeah, I was going to say four or five blocks. So not nothing terrible, but we had taken a stroller and a wagon and no vehicle. And 16 kids? Yes. Yeah. So, when Riken 
cut his face open and it was known that he would need stitches because we had a pediatrician, an eye doctor, and a nurse all come immediately over to... They were at the picnic? ...evaluate his eye, yes. And did they all unanimously say, take him to get stitches, or...? Yes. Okay. It wasn't a question. And they all unanimously said, don't take him to an urgent care because you want them to do a good job, and then... Yeah. So, your husband Mm -hmm. ran back to the house, got the car came loaded all of the children except for two of the three of them Kenzie pulled Deke back in the wagon with Tirza because we couldn't fit all the kids in the car on the floor and in the seats plus the stroller plus the wagon gotcha okay plus me sitting Mm -hmm. in the back trying to hold ice on Riken's face okay so she walked Deke back in the wagon and Tim drove all the kids over there and then I got in the car with Riken and we left to go okay. to the hospital and he stepped up like the true champ of a man neighbor to oh, me. Oh, I thought you were talking about Riken. <laughs> no, I was talking about Tim. <laughs> Tim stepping up and taking care of um, however many kids that left him with. 15 kids. Yeah. I guess Junie went home, so 14. Yeah. But. I, when yeah. I heard at the book study, we like all, you like message all of us that are in like a group chat at the book study and all of our phones went off and we like stopped. I might have messaged you guys before I even told Chip. Oh. Only because I think somebody said something in that thread and it popped up on my phone. Oh. And so it was like I was in that state where. Uh, my mind can't yeah. even think what to do next. Yeah. I like hadn't quite started driving and I knew I just needed to tell someone what was going mm-hmm. on and it popped up on my phone and I was like, pray for Riken. <laughs> I saw the pray for Riken and I was like, that's weird. We had just started reading our book, our chapter aloud and I have like the Kindle version on my phone and so it like notified me and then I like saw the picture come up and Cheryl, our the leader was reading the first like paragraph and I was like oh and so we just stopped and prayed for for him and I was like texting Tim like do you need me to come home and he's like no everything's under control I'm like okay well I, I left when I left Brinley was like sobbing Aww. and I Kenzie wasn't even quite back with Deke Aww. and yeah it was so Everyone I guess survived. he said that they all went inside and prayed for him and that Brentley calmed down and did a movie night. And yeah. then my to... sister-in-law came over to hang out with my kids. I mean, probably pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we got home at 2 a.m. with stitches and he's doing great, but definitely made for a long night and hence why you've had a restful day today because you kind of just sort of it's not even I mean it's not that uncommon for me to stay up till one or two unfortunately right but when you also have the adrenaline yes and just all of the 
thinking through details and trying to yeah. figure out what's going on and just the emotional seeing your kid's face sliced open and yeah. all of that. Yeah. It, and a lot of the kids hadn't slept well because I wasn't home and Riken wasn't home. And so we just took a down day, except not Chip. Poor Chip. I know. My hardworking husband was pretty much up with some revolving kids between when he got home from work at 11.30 and 2 when I got home. He never went to sleep. And then he slept from 2 to 6 and got up and he's doing part-time bee removal on the side. Brown Town Bees! Yep, that's really, (laughs) truly what he named it. Um... So he had two bee removal jobs today that he went to from 6 until about 1 p.m. He came home and I highly encouraged him to take a nap for about an hour and a half. And then he headed off to work and gets off at midnight tonight. So And then he has another bee removal job at 7 in the morning tomorrow. So, yeah. He'll sleep someday. Yep. But He's so hardworking. And he, like, never complains. I know. It's very convicting. Mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier today. Yeah. That, you know, he wakes up at six and kisses me goodbye and is cheerfully walking out the door. And I don't know, I think 830 rolled around and my kids were asking me if there was anything to eat and I wanted to... Mm-hmm kick him in the face but (laughs) (laughs) I didn't because of my husband's example I cheerfully found some breakfast for them took a few minutes for me to move but yeah yeah so uh, how's your day going my day is going fine yeah not as eventful as your day was last yesterday, but yeah. What are we going to talk about tonight? We probably have no idea, do we? No, I, I have no idea. I told you in our prayer right before this episode that I have zero Abby's just thoughts. hoping she has any coherent thoughts. <laughs> yes. Um, well, we can give an update on our <laughs> cycle life. Oh. I'm pretty sure. This this should be our time where we shout out to Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, father-in-law who's hey. Hey, Steve. listening to this episode right now. Hopefully, if ha- you're listening to this episode, it means you're going boating which should make the torture of listening to all of this <laughs> seem it. less uh, less bad yep well just so you're aware everyone I'm not pregnant Abby's this not pregnant. cycle nope but it does appear that my body is regulating more because I feel like I had a shorter more normal cycle me, on the other hand, 
Yeah. Not so much. No. Now we're going to be on, like, opposite mm-hmm. cycles. I guess your theory of us trying to regulate to each other was... <laughs> a lie. A lie. Yeah. Because I... I don't know. What day is this Did I say the other day? <laughs> I have no idea. Thir- it actually, yeah. At 36 or something. And... Or 42. <laughs> <laughs> You Either know, one. really close. Yeah. 42, no no clue of anything. So. Great. That's well, where we're at with that. I currently feel like death, as yeah. my postpartum periods are usually super exciting and fun. So that's probably playing into your lack of cohesive thoughts. I think it's just, I have to remind myself of how few periods I have to deal with. And so then when I I do have them, I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I know. It makes us want to just be even like, ugh. Why do people have to go through this? But really, we have no room to complain. complain. I know. But it really does suck. So anyway, I'm trying to get into a better mindset of it going into having a 12 year old daughter who I need to encourage these things Mm -hmm. not to make it seem like horrible. Well, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I don't really have any. It's not not catching me at a good time for that. I know. Um. What else? What do you guys want to know? We don't really know what you want to know. What do we talk about? What's What else has been going on this week? Anything you've been reading? Any? No, I've not been reading anything. <laughs> that sounds like a funny joke. <laughs> um, Great. I have... I have gotten... A new thing I'm excited about with our life. Okay. Is in the way I'm doing our schedule right now. Okay. This is very much one of those things that is working right now. It may not work. Tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. It may not work very long. It may not work for anyone else at all. But. Do share. (sighs) For a while I was trying to do a weekly template where Mondays were this schedule, Tuesdays were this schedule, Wednesdays were this schedule. But the problem with that is that Chip's schedule for work Mm -hmm. changes every single week. Right. And it's very unpredictable. So even though we do have certain things, you know, for instance, my kids have archery on Mondays but even that is like every other Monday. Right. And sometimes it's like two Mondays off, two Mondays on. So, yeah. I guess even the predictable things are unpredictable. Yeah. Swim teams, Tuesdays and Thursdays, reach groups Wednesday nights. You know, I have certain things that always happen on certain days. But overall, I'd get really frustrated that I had put all this work into putting Making together a schedule these that schedules doesn't... that now. I'm just having to change the whole thing and 
mm-hmm. kids are trying to do the schedule that I've printed out and it's like, well, but we're not actually doing that today because we're doing this today mm-hmm. or this friend has, is coming to town. So they're coming over in the afternoon. So we need to get everything done in the morning. And yeah, so I finally decided to start making my schedule the night before and posting it up on the wall in the morning and then the kids know what we're doing that day and it still can change some even last minute but it's changing much less frequently than it was before because usually by the night before when I'm talking about the night before I'm talking like midnight right before I go to bed Mm -hmm. I'm printing off our next day schedule and it's working out really well kids know when they need to get what school things done so do you print off a schedule like for each individual person or is it one it is a excel spreadsheet i guess a google google sheets spreadsheet that has the time listed down one side and all of our names across the top and what each of us is doing actually i lied a little bit the Times isn't down the side because I have Chip and I on one side of the time. Okay. Then I have all the time and then I have the kids mm-hmm. broken down by each kid on the other side. And even not each kid. It's Archer and Deke are lumped together okay. at this point because they don't have much school stuff or anything. So, yes. Then they can look at what they need to be doing and... I have to remind them frequently that this is a rough guideline mm-hmm. and that if I'm not ready to start their English with them right at 9.30 yes. to just chill out a second. But overall. You feel like they have been enjoying that? and Yes, my kids. Uh, the thing that's funny about it is that once I give them a schedule... And give them specific times to get things done. They go into a mode where the second they wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, they just start working on all of their tasks. Mm-hmm. And they have them done way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So then they're not actually working on them during the times I have set aside for them in the schedule. <laughs> and then they want to go play. But I'd rather have it be that way and that they're being yeah. self-motivated to get their stuff done and get it done mm-hmm. early. And then if they haven't, they do have the time mm-hmm. set aside yeah. where if they don't have a schedule and they don't have the tasks sort of set before them, even if they know what they need to get done, for whatever reason, if it's not written mm-hmm. down on a page, then they just want to go play with friends and they right. haven't done any of their things. And I, I think it also comes down to like knowing that you're being more accountable to the schedule. It's not just writing it down, but it's like you... Like, not just saying you guys are doing something at a certain time, but yes. when it is written down and you guys are consistently day after day sticking to whatever is written down for the most part, I feel like they know, like, all right, well, she's going to make us do English either way or whatever it is. So right. we might as well, like, make, like, try to get it done before mm. it needs to be. In. Yes. So that has been a little bit of a relief in our life. We, um, we are more unschooly than we ever than I ever planned. Yeah. That my life would be. It feels like a little bit of a 
rub against my personality, but yeah, we could talk about that. Sure. School and life and how you merge the two and figure out what right because you're not you not only have to like when you homeschool you not only have to take into consideration you as like the quote-unquote teacher in your personality and your preferences and your strengths and weaknesses but then you have to also look at your children their personalities their learning styles strengths and weaknesses of each individual child and then somehow try to like it's the beauty of homeschooling is that you can tailor things and you can have things be individualized for each kid based on their strengths and stuff but the downside of that is you have to tailor things to each individual (laughs) kid and you just can't teach a class and I think even when you say all of that that can sound intimidating enough but for me it gets even more tricky when you calculate in costs of curriculums Mm -hmm. you calculate in the fact that as the person teaching or grading or whatever you have to learn the different curriculums and how they work oh yeah there's Mm -hmm. like a learning curve to that and then you have to factor in the rest of life because homeschooling is great and provides a lot of opportunities to do normal life things but yeah it's the balance of trying to prioritize what do we find important and what do Mm -hmm. we think our kids need to learn and how do we how do they need to learn that right they need to learn it by sitting and doing it on paper with a pencil or can they learn fractions by helping you make dinner and yeah But also, even if they do learn fractions by helping me make dinner, they also still do need to learn what that looks like on paper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're still going to have times in their life that they are going to be tested on these types of things or need to be able to write them down in a cohesive manner or need to figure out something that's harder than just like, yeah, how many teaspoons of butter do I need? Yeah. So... Yeah, figuring all of that out is the... My uh, plan so far in all my years of homeschooling has just been, mm, just decide you don't like it and pick something new every single year. But, you know, I feel like if we talked, if we polled 100 homeschool moms... Yes, most people... What percentage changes every yes. year? I feel like that's probably pretty high. I think... Yeah. I think I would be amazed to find a homeschool mom, especially now that there are so many curriculum options. and Especially when you have more, you're homeschooling more than one kid. Right. Because I think there is something that seems simple to me if I just was one doing, or teaching one kid two. in one, but like one learning style, I mean. like Right, but even two, you might just jam the second one into that yeah. learning style, yeah, even if they're true. not thriving, if it's working well and you yeah. know what to do. And But... My yeah. kids, my two kids that I'm doing school with, mostly right now, have... couldn't be more opposite in 
how they learn and their strengths and their weaknesses, like very, very opposite that it's made it challenging to figure out what to use with which kid and how much time to spend with which kid on which strengths and which weaknesses and what's the priority and what's not. And yeah, that's definitely been a struggle of mine this last year. I think it's been even more apparent in this last year than it ever has before. I think just because I tried to, I picked a curriculum to do with the both of them. Um, and so I think it just revealed even more so how, how much they're not able to do the same thing. Yeah. So I think I'm just kind of in this trying to figure out the next step of what to do with them. But but I'm also grateful that we do get to like tailor things for our kids and our kids don't have to like be trying to fit into like this mold of what a school system tells them that they have to learn and what they have to be good at and and ultimately we're not that's these are benefits of why we homeschool but we're not homeschooling our kids onlyists to just be able to yes and we don't think homeschooling is like right the only the only way to educate our children yeah but what would you say you're why do you think you're, you and your husband are convicted to homeschool? Um, I think one of the main reasons is we want to be able to pour into our kids' lives and know our kids by being around them the majority of the day. Um, it, it would be a challenge for us when we were talking about homes of sending our kids to a school would be to uh, what little time we would have to work on character and just be intentional in their everyday lives and be able to identify issues of sin that we see in them and be able to um, work on those issues and things like that when we only, you know, when they would come home from school and have homework to do and then we need to get dinner and that like when we would just have this small amount of time it would be harder for us to be able to like see those issues to address or um whatnot so that was probably the main reason also in addition to that would be wanting to be able to my husband had a learning disability in school and we just wanted to be able to like tailor our kids education in a way that fit their learning style and that worked for them to be able to learn in the best way um, the things that they were interested in and so that was kind of the the main reasoning behind that and ultimately too I think it comes down to we just believe it's our responsibility Not to say that you can't pass that responsibility off. You can. You can choose to do that. But it just came down to, like, well, who is responsible for educating, teaching, training our kids? God gave that responsibility to us as the parents. And do I think I'll be able to oversee that education and training better by having them homeschooled or by sending them to school and some people the answer is sending them to school but for us and where we're at right now that's not 
the answer we come to. I think that that's really similar to Chip and I. Um, he Chip was homeschooled all the way through high school, and I wasn't homeschooled at all. And we really honestly didn't know when we got married what we would do mm-hmm. for our kids. Um, he loved being homeschooled, but he could see some some of the things that I loved about school he could see there being benefits to that. And so we kind of just said, well, we'll wait and see. And I think we still try to keep that approach of, you know, being prayerful, being before the Lord and what he would have us Mm -hmm. do. I do think we agree with the mentality that ultimately the public school system at this point in time has made a decision that they are not teaching God's laws and God's... They're not teaching from a Christian worldview. At all. Right. At all. It's very and, humanistic. And and there can't... there It's even before when... I think maybe, you know, in the past it was believed, well, it's very neutral. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it, if it's not teaching from a Christian worldview, it's not neutral. Right. Then there it's is no teaching neutrality. against the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's playing out and it's getting more and more evident. Yeah. But we don't feel confident in sending our small children who are still developing their worldview and learning how to see the world around them and how to deal with issues why would we send them to someone who we don't even if it's a a believer who's in the public school system mm-hmm. if they are have their hands tied and they can't speak to things with the mm-hmm. truth that we believe what then, would you say to someone who says well i want to send my kids to public school so they can be the salt and light and missionaries and in the public school system I think that I would just really caution them, especially when you're talking about like your five-year-old. Yeah. Um, You know, Chip and I have actually talked about that. If our kids at ages 16 or 17 had shown that they had been walking with the Lord, we saw fruit in their life and they felt a conviction of that they felt that that was something God was calling them to mm-hmm. I think we would it would be difficult for us to know exactly what to do because we wouldn't want to you know as they're approaching really they're in young adulthood by mm-hmm. that point mm-hmm. they're yeah they're um, able to make some of those decisions and we wouldn't want to hinder anything that the Lord is doing in them. But I don't know that we would put pressure on them or encourage them in that way either. Mm-hmm. Um, we would want to know that they were that they were being intentional in that because there's a lot to that. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's really your goal is to go and to speak truth and, and be trying to go against the grain and, you know, encourage the culture that's there, that's not an easy like light thing to yeah to do but i don't know that we we would just say no you're not allowed i think mm-hmm. that would take individual assessment and prayer and and try, trying to understand but honestly i can't 
I can't say that I... I don't know that I could say that it's sin, but I think it's extremely unwise just from what I know about kids and what I know Mm -hmm. about my own kids. But that's something that parents have to decide before the Lord, what they think. What would you say to someone's argument that you're then keeping your kids sheltered or in a bubble by not allowing them to... I think that there are a lot of homeschooled kids that are sheltered and kept in bubbles. I think that that is one approach you can take. I think as the parent, you have the responsibility and duty to educate your children, not just about math and reading, but to, to expose them to worldliness in the sense of helping disciple them through issues and you want to expose them to the truth of what is going on around them and then help but them, doing, give them the tools to like think through that from a biblical worldview right and be able to like look at that scenario do you have like a specific thing you feel like you've quote unquote exposed your kids to well I think the obvious one that we expose our children to both of our families is that we take our children to the abortion mills, mm-hmm. um, Planned Parenthood, other clinics that perform abortion. That goes against our worldview. Yes. We believe from a biblical standpoint that taking a human life, which we believe that life begins at conception mm-hmm. when a unique individuals DNA comes together half of their fathers and half of their mothers Mm -hmm. DNA comes together to create a unique individual human who the only difference between them and any other human is their size and their age location and their location but um, we believe that it's murdering them to take their life. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a separate body, a separate heartbeat. Um, and so we want our children to see that this is something mm-hmm. that is happening. Yeah. And honestly, I think it would be, I, I know the impact it's made on me to see the places where it's happening and to see it happening in the sense that you watch moms go in and you watch moms come out and you know they no longer have their babies yeah and um we were just talking about this with our kids tonight when we were doing family worship and as we were praying for the people from our church who are going out tomorrow and just talking through that, you know, our kids ask questions all of the time whenever this comes up. Even if, I mean, I don't feel like we go as a family regularly in any way, but I do feel like when we're praying for the, this regularly, um, it comes up a lot and they have a lot of questions. And just being able to talk to them about these questions and they're really hard, hard topics and they're hard things to talk about tonight. My um, oldest son asked me, like, well, why would a mom go in there and kill her baby? 
And he was asking me this, like, he just couldn't, like, comprehend, like, why? Because I was explaining to him that we not only care about these babies, but we care about the mommies, too. And he's like, well, if they're moms, why, why would they do that? You know, you wouldn't do that, too. If you were pregnant, like, why would they, you know? And it's really hard to, like, explain this to them at, of, like... Why? I mean, we can give reasons of that the women give when they're there of a host of reasons that they're doing. But I feel like when we when we present it to our kids from a biblical worldview of this is a life, this is a baby, because that is what God's word says it is. They can't fathom like. Well, and even in their experience, they see that when we find out we're pregnant and when we go and have ultrasounds Mm -hmm. and that we are cherishing the life that's been given to us mm-hmm. and so they they view it as a, the human that it is from mm-hmm. the very beginning and to give a reason like well they want to finish school or they don't think they have enough money or right a host of other reasons when when ultimately i mean we've seen time and time again that when you offer things like finances, jobs to help them, that isn't always ultimately their reasoning. It Oftentimes it's not. Right. That's the excuses and the easy way out. But And I do think that there are compounded reasons. And yeah. so, um, to be clear, we definitely don't think it's ever appropriate to go out and and try to encourage these women to keep their babies without addressing the issues that are facing them and without loving them Mm -hmm. and caring for them and providing practical assistance right um and we try to do a good job of teaching that to our kids too and showing them Mm -hmm what it means to really lay down our lives for others mm-hmm. and and share the gifts that we've been given and be a blessing to others because of what God's blessed us with. Yeah, I was um, reading recently to the kids one of the verses that really convicted me first um, about going to the, to the abortion mill, and that's in Proverbs 24. Um, it says, "'If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small.'" Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And every time I read that... Well, what does it say right after that? If you say, behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? I think that's the part that is really convicting Mm -hmm. is it's easy to not try to find out where these procedures are taking place, where these, Mm -hmm. where this counseling is being given to women and the different drugs that they're given are being administered and mm-hmm. all of that. We it's it's like we know it's happening but it's easy to just say, Well, I don't really know 
where though I mean I don't really know how much it's happening and just sort of stay ignorant Mm -hmm. to it because it's a hard issue to want to address and because we do understand that there are some women who go into it with a mindset of really just not caring mm-hmm. at all blatantly acknowledging this is my baby and I'm going to kill it and I don't care. Yes. There are other women who you can tell are conflicted mm-hmm. and who are really wrestling and struggling with the circumstances around them and mm-hmm. without the hope of Christ their circumstances can feel completely overwhelming. Yeah. And unbearable and just un- that they are unable to right. handle that. And that's why I think... And the answer isn't just don't kill your baby and your life will be fine. The answer is the gospel. Right. So it's never appropriate to go to these places and call to women and men and ask them to turn away from these places where babies are being put to death without offering them the news of the gospel Mm -hmm. the news of God's kingdom of Christ and his redemption and what he has to offer Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately that is truly our heart for these men and women and um, the ramifications of putting your child to death aren't small ramifications either mm-hmm. as far as we care about them for from what the long-term effects mm-hmm. of making a decision like that are going to play as well and we want them to know that there's forgiveness but you can't rely on that forgiveness and then continue to sin we're right. called to repent to turn from our sins mm-hmm. and to trust in Christ and not well we can trust in Christ and just then do whatever we want right I think Romans if you haven't read the book of Romans lately that makes it pretty clear that obviously the grace that we're shown in the gospel is unlimited Mm -hmm. but that that doesn't mean we are to abuse it and take advantage of that grace we're still called to repent and believe Mm -hmm. which means to turn from our sin when we were at the mill we had the opportunity for just you and I to go was it last weekend or Whenever it was, um, we ago. went without know. kids and it was just you and I to go. Um, and our friend had walked up and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she said something about like praying about not being not getting calloused or just like used to this, like used to being there. And when um, I was like standing behind her when she was calling out to the women and it was like. I think the fourth or fifth women that had gone in like time after time. And 
she was calling out to them, begging them, asking them to come over and talk with us and that we had help for them. And um, then after the like fourth or fifth woman had gone in, she just like broke down bawling. And I just was thinking like it would be so much easier if we could just like build these walls up and like be like pretending this pretending is, isn't happen or just build these walls up so we emotionally don't have to acknowledge what is happening every time someone walks in there. Right. And it would be so much less painful to do that. Right. But how important it is not to do that. Right. It to to know that it is painful to watch a woman walk in there. Mm-hmm. I've had people say like, "Oh, I could never go there. Like that's too sad." And that's why we have to go there. That's why you have to call it what it is. That's why you can't pretend like it's not happening. Right. Um Yep. So, yeah, do we shelter our kids from hard things? Uh, That's just one example, I think. We try to just... uh, The reality is we try to address sin as it's happening, whether Mm -hmm. it's in that type of way or just the sin that's happening in our kids and our families and our homes among one another. Yeah, even our own sin, I mean... Right. We try to address and confess our own sin when I'm scream at a kid for doing something and like it's important to confess that and acknowledge sin when it's there and repent of it and ask for forgiveness yes I know I've had people say how in the world are you able to give each of the kids the time that they need by when you homeschool all of them and it's always been kind of a funny question to me because I'm thinking will you think that if I sent all of my kids away for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. and then I'm trying to squeeze having time with them Right. All into a couple of hours every day that that would make it easier to have enough time with Mm -hmm. each of my kids. Like homeschooling is what affords me to be able to know their personalities and know their struggles and really speak to their hearts and address Mm -hmm. where they're at. And so I really can't imagine how I'd be able to. I'm not saying people can't. Obviously, I think people yeah. can mm-hmm. keep good relationships with their kids and send them to school. I'm not trying to imply that you can't. I'm saying for myself that that just seems like it would be really difficult. And I'm really thankful for the time that I get to have with them. And I definitely have my moments in my days where mm-hmm. oh, I wish that my house could stay clean for longer than five minutes but then when I really think about what I'm saying what I'm thinking like would it really be worth having my floors clean and Mm -hmm. my house quiet for a couple of hours to not have my kids around you know I I don't think it really would be worth it and and now when we do really want that, just send them. We all just send each them each to house. each other's houses, because <laughs> there are moments and times when we just do need our house to stay clean for more than five minutes. Yes, but it's pretty rare. 
usually they're just trashing all of our houses every yeah, day. That's, but That's true. But going back to those schedules, we're learning how to schedule wise some, with our time. some chores, and they're helping to pick things up. And Well, I think we started this episode off real slow. And we just do, we just don't right we just covered to some big co- topics some controversy of schooling abortion <laughs> we just really you thought you were getting off easy with talking about cycles or schedules no no stitches well hope you enjoyed that <laughs> and if you guys have other things you want to hear about you better start. Telling us. Suggesting things, because we might just keep having... We probably will just keep talking about these things. Mm-hmm. But we also know these are some major topics that we're just barely scratching the surface of opening the can of. And if these are, like, new concepts or new thoughts or things that you've not really heard of before, we realize that we're very much... What was I telling you? We were talking about it when we were at the abortion mill that I can remember seeing people standing out on streets with signs when I was younger, Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, probably eight or nine or ten and thinking, oh, my goodness, those people are. That is wrong. Really crazy. Yeah. That those protesters. But so it's not like. We've always done this and always. And I understand the flinch of thinking like, oh, I just don't think that that's the right way to do that. But I would encourage you that if you're curious about it, you could actually, I don't know, how much does End Abortion Now have on their site? To, yeah, there's you stuff. You visit endabortionnow.com. I, I think. There's some stuff on there. I think if Tim has updated the website. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. I'm pretty sure. Endabortionnow.com. Yeah. So anyway, that could help uh, just give you some more information on. Yeah. Also, the documentary. I think it's still on YouTube. Babies are murdered here. Also, in case that sounded like very planned, that like Abby was asking this leading question of coming out of like, how do you not shelter your kids in homeschooling? <laughs> and then we're like, abortion mill ministry. Like we had that like, no, we literally we don't plan these things. We've told you guys a million times. Have had we're sitting on a bed in my basement, <laughs> and we're like, well. What are we talking about? We have no idea. Okay, let's press record. So if we didn't cover all the aspects of this topic thoroughly, we're happy to discuss it more in another episode. You just have to tell us what you want to know, what you want to know. And we're happy to talk about it more. But we realize we're just barely scratching. Steve would love for us to keep talking (laughs) about all of these things over and over and over. He might prefer this over us talking about our cycles. So, well, you know, who knows? We love you, Steve. All right. Should we end this or you want to keep talking for another four hours? <laughs> you know me. I mean, I totally could. So we probably should just press stop before. All right. Until next time. Bye.